Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we're looking at Season 6, Episode 4, Hot Ticket, in which Frasier and Nars' inability to secure seats at a new hit stage production sees them cut adrift from the literary elite. My question for you this week, Kay, is what was the last thing you saw at the theatre? Yeah, I go to the theatre quite regularly, so the last oh, thing I saw... Oh, what a flex! Actually... <laughs> It was actually uh, Tears of the Marin. Oh. <laughs> um, so I went last Friday to see Pretty Woman, which is on at the Alex in Birmingham. Oh. And I, I've never actually seen the film. So I likewise, went in as a, actually, as a which is be shocking to blank slate. Mm. Um, but it, it's really good, actually. I'd really recommend it. I mean, it's so good. I think they've now announced actually it's going to come back for another stint in August next year. Mm. Um, but no, really, really. Really good production, actually. And then, then a, a week or so before that, I saw Child in the Chocolate Factory at the Hippodrome. Nice. Dreadful. Do not recommend. <laughs> yeah, I guess when we say the theatre, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that is still the theatre. Um, but maybe I was thinking more along the lines of things Niles and Fraser might get tickets okay. to. But pretty pretty Woman sounds pretty ace. <laughs> Honestly, it was really good. I'd really recommend it. Um, it's, um, it's Sorry, I'm going to put a cat gnawing at wires. No. Um, it had... Um, I don't know if you ever watched Strictly Come Dancing, but do you remember Ori Oridubi, I think it is? From oh, I, I do. Yeah, so he's in it. Um, and it's also got someone who was on Love Island a few years ago. Um, oh, who? Amber, someone, I think she was with Kem. Or Amber Ken. Rose Gill. No, no, not her. Um, oh. is it, is Amber Davis, maybe, or something like that. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but... Oh, Will, Will Key's cat is currently on the keyboard. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, yeah, I got there. No idea what Pretty Woman was about. I knew vaguely it had Julia Roberts in it in the film, and that's about it. Oh, that's um, what you need to know. <laughs> and I got there, and it was just throngs of 50-year-old women. Um, nice. And that was it. It was just me in a sea of middle-aged women. Sounds like a dream audience. <laughs> <laughs> they um, loved it. I'm telling I... you. I wish I got to the theatre more. Um, it's something that I'm trying to do now that I'm kind of, you know, living a slightly more independent life, you know, have my own my own schedule and things with Charles. Um, but yeah, the last thing we, we Charles and I went uh, about a month ago to Macbeth. Um, oh, at, at, the the R- at the RSC. Annoyingly, I'd already been there on a school trip um, mm. a month before and but I'd bought the tickets yeah. months and months before that trip. So I basically had to see it twice. Um, I, but the, um, the tickets with Shah were much better than the trip one. So it was yeah. nice seeing it from a new angle. I saw um, 
Christopher Eccleston uh, in Macbeth. At the oh, RSC. was that the one that had the big clock counting down? Yeah, it was sort of weirdly like The Shining-esque. It sort of had that sort of weird vibe. In I background. liked the modern vibes of it, mm. but I haven't seen it. I mean, how did you think the production was? It was, I, I really liked it, actually. It's, um, I've seen, I've, there are certain theatres where I always think you've got a bit of a hit and miss chance as to whether any good or not. And the Alex in Birmingham is very much one of those. I think yeah. you can get some great shows, you can get some absolute dross. Um, the RSC, on the other hand, I think you're you can pretty much bank on it being a winner every time. It's normally always a hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was it was amazing. Christopher Eccleston was just so far in terms of acting ability, just head and shoulders, just beyond anyone. And else. I'm right so. thinking Samantha Bond was Lady Macbeth. I think she was. Yeah. Which, yeah, which because, is really nice because I'm a because, big fan of hers. You, you do get quite a few household names actually. I mean, I've seen Adrian Edmondson play Malvolio in Twelfth Night at the RSC. That's cool. Um, I'd like to see Twelfth Night. And I think I don't know if you've ever seen the TV show Ghosts, which is on BBC. Uh yeah. But, uh, Matthew Bainton, who's in that? Um, what did you going... see him in? I've not, but they've just announced he's going to be in a play in January next year at the RSC. Um, What's I... the What's the play? Oh, let me just check. What, have you just you. bought tickets on a whim to go and see mm. that? No, no, no. Wait, I got an email from you because I like subscribed to it. Also, I got an email from the RSC saying Matthew Bainton is coming to the RSC next year. Oh um, my, we should go, man. Yeah. Do I it, love Matthew Bainton. Let me have a look. My my uh, profile picture on Discord, which I use to chat with friends, so listeners will probably know what Discord is. My profile picture is Matthew Bainton as Dick Turpin from Horrible Histories. Well, he is going to be bottom in a Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh my God, I'm going to um, see Midsummer Night's Dream with school. Oh, well, that'll be it. Then it's It'll be that January production. to March 2024. No way, is Matthew Bainton going to be yeah, bottom? Matthew, Matthew oh, Bainton's playing bottom. I don't that know. That is awesome. I just searched Matthew Bainton, so I don't know who else is actually in it. But um, yeah, Matthew Bainton will be in it. So that's yeah. absolutely super. Are there any plays that you haven't seen that you really wanted to see? Oh, God. Um, yes, I'd love to see a proper production of Equus. Um, feel like we might have talked about that. I've, I've seen Equus. Um, I love only, Equus. Only local production I've ever Likewise, seen. Likewise. I yeah. like it kind of just because Daniel Radcliffe did it, didn't he, when it was on mm. um, Broadway. I, I just love a good, dark, psychological play like that. Um, what what are, the, oh, what are the plays where I really enjoy? I haven't seen any Beckett. I'd like to see Beckett. Um, some Sarah Kane's work, although her work is insanely dark and would be yeah. hard to... I, I'd quite like to see The Pillow Man by... Oh, my... oh so I wanted to see that. And it the was new on, one with like Lily Allen and Yeah, because because I saw it when it was first advertised before lockdown. And that, yeah. this is the reason I asked this question was because of this play. No um, way. And originally the lead was going to be the one he played John Lennon in that Beatles film. Um, oh. oh, I think it's a triple barrel name. Aaron. Oh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yes. Aaron Taylor Johnson was meant to be the lead. He was going to be Kachurian or however you say yeah. his name. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then lockdown hit. It all got pushed back two years. And then after two years ended up being... Um, Lily, Lily Allen. Allen, yeah. Um, but I really wanted to see that, and I sort of missed the boat. And then by the time I went to get, well, I tried to get tickets. I think the cheapest ticket was a hundred quid or so, and I couldn't justify it. And it was um, in London only. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, the issue that you're paying like that, that again to go there. That's the thing. I, I'm. I want to try and get. There's a few plays in London at the moment. I want to see. I want to see Mrs. Doubtfire. I think oh, really good. I'd love that film. Um, so much. There's one on. The, I think it's another Barbican at the moment. Um, Dear England, I think, which is about the 2018 World Cup, and Joseph Fiennes plays 
uh, Gareth Southgate. That's cool. Um, and then another one I want to see. I I know very little about it, but it's called A Strange Loop. And do you know the actor? I think it's Alan Cummings. Who you all? Oh yeah, I know him. The, he's the producer, and he's I think he's put quite a bit of money into it. But basically, it's about a usher at the on the West End at the uh, the Lion King. Um, and he writes a play about an usher on the West End, at the, you know, and it's sort of this strange loop. Wow. Um, but it's gotten some rave reviews, I think. So I'd, I'd like to see that. But it's, as you say, it's, it's the expense and not just the tickets, but, you know, getting down to London and, and getting back as well, because obviously so many of the shows, if you go into a half seven show, you're really pushing it for the last train back to Birmingham or, you know, travel back to Birmingham. You so, really are. Um yeah, absolutely. One one play that I was also really wanted to see, and listeners, I promise we're going to get onto Fraser in a second, <laughs> is uh, Jerusalem by Jez Butterworth. Do you know much about Jerusalem? I don't know. So that was a play in 2009, and it had Mark Rylance as um, Johnny Rooster Byron and Mackenzie Crook as Ginger. Oh, well, that's a strong cast. Which is it? an unbelievable cast. <laughs> Basically, um, where this this is the this is the very very short synopsis of Wikipedia. Um, it's literally like a few, two sentences. On St. George's Day, the morning of the local county fair in Wiltshire, Johnny Rooster Byron, a local waster and modern-day Pied Piper, is a wanted man. The council officials want to serve an eviction notice. His young son wants him to take him to the fair. Troy Whitworth wants him wants to give him a serious kicking, and a motley crew of mates want his ample supply of drugs and alcohol. It's basically he like lives in like a caravan in the woods, and it's like a kind of modern-day folk story about kind of down and outs in rural England. And oh, wow. but it's all about you know it's called Jerusalem obviously as a play on 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 the, the the song and poem and yeah just yet it just sounds amazing and it was um it was so popular and they bought it back about a year or two ago like more than ten years later um and I know a friend of mine went to see it in London and I just would have loved to have seen that it was yeah. just like some people have said it's one of the best plays of all time like that's how yeah. rave it was. Um, I, so. I mean, one play I did love, and I'm going to mention it because I don't think anyone will ever have heard of it, but um, it was on at the RSC about probably just over a year or so ago. It's probably last summer, as in 2022. Mm. Um, and it was called Would You Bet Against Us? And it was based around the Villa winning the Europe. I remember you European telling Cup. me about this, as if the um, RSC put that on. Honestly, and it was just such a... I don't want to say a motley crew because that's disrespectful, but it was a real labour of love. And you could tell it was a labour of love. There's only about three or four cast. And and it was, uh, you know, not a million miles away from a one-man show. It was one, the guy who'd written it and, you know, was acting as you know, producer, director, all the rest of it. He'd written about his childhood growing up, watching the villa with his dad and all that. Uh, and he played the lead. And so uh, large parts of it, him, him sort of just narrating about his childhood. And it was just so good. Like, you know, in, in terms of production values and all that, it was questionable at times. Like they had a little <laughs> like inflatable football on a string reenacting goals. Nice. Um, but it was a real labor of love. And you had a smile on your face, like start to finish. And it was like amazing. So, um, yeah, really, really enjoyed that. If that, come, if that came back, I'd watch it again. What I'm going to do, mate. I'm going to put the cat out because she's driving me crazy. You go and put the cat um, out. One we'll sec. Keep, yeah, you do that. While Key puts the cat out, we're going to think about segueing away from theatre and onto Trivia Corner. So listeners, please let us know what's the last thing you saw at the theatre and, and enjoyed or didn't enjoy, as the case may be. And also, what would you love to go and see? Because obviously going to the theatre can be expensive. It can be a luxury. Um, what's something that you'd like to see but you haven't had chance to see yet? Do let us know.
Okay, okay, some really cracking theatre talk. I could literally do that for the next three hours, but I don't think many listeners would enjoy that. So shall we took ourselves into the proverbial trivia corner? Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. This week, our trivia cadre have been caught unawares because we've been we've recorded two episodes in one week, actually. Uh, one with Steve, one with Key, which means um, we haven't given them ample opportunity to prepare trivia, which is just incredibly unfair of us. So we've prepared a few questions of our own um i think you're going to smash mine uh, oh, i didn't no. have i didn't have enough time to make them hard um, <laughs> don't say that that's, that's more pressure <laughs> uh, maybe I, that's what i'm doing I, I cannot be clear enough i was trying to watch this whilst the cat was jumping on me and steph was talking to me and i have not entirely sure how much of the, the incessant detail I've taken in that I usually take <laughs> Well, so. all will become all will become revealed. So, number question one. Number question one. Yeah, uh, number question one. Number question one. That's a number bang. Uh, who snubbed Niles at the opera? Oh. Um, like, yeah, actually, this is a hard one. Um, oh, yeah, this is a hard one. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think because so many names get thrown about. There's Roberta Phipps, I think. But I can't remember if she's opera or if she's the orphanage lady. I feel that she may have snubbed him for the the orphanage. Mm. Um, she oh. indeed. God. Uh, da, 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 da. Who else do we get mentioned? There is. No, I think all the other names I'm thinking of are just are people that they mention later when they're calling. So. Mm. I'm gonna have to go with Roberta Phipps, who I don't think is even mentioned in this episode. It is Roberta, is it Roberta Phipps. Phipps. It is Roberta Phipps. You absolute scoundrel! Oh, um, it's because your face. I, I thought I, I got know. it wrong. So I'm just, I'm just to... so I'm so I'd be terrible as a professional poker player. I really would. Um, my face is far too expressive. Um, which play had a third act problem? Oh, this was going to be one of my questions. Oh, no! <laughs> it's the silent echo. So. It is the silent echo. What a lovely... Do you know... Okay, here's a question, Keith. Let's take you back to GCSE, possibly bits of A-level. Um, I know you didn't take it. Um, GCSE English Lit. Let's take you back to A-level English Lit. I know you didn't do. Um... <laughs> can you name... Because I, I drill this into my students. Can you name the language device or technique... What the term is called for something like the silent echo, where both words immediately contrast one another. Juxtaposition, is it? So juxtaposition is 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 a contrast, oh. but when when the words are right, it's a kind of juxtaposition. When the words are right next to each other, it has a more specific phrase. You might call this someone in a, in an argument, perhaps. You're an idiot. <laughs> Oxy Oxymoron Oxymoron <laughs> Oxymoron um, Oh I'm in the so... bottom of Will's class <laughs> Silent Echo would be an oxymoron Um, And finally what does Is it Sir Trevor Ainsley Yes Sir Trevor Ainsley yeah. What does Sir Trevor Ainsley order the bar um, I think it's a, is it a double scotch, no ice. It's exactly what it is. And yeah. I was going to be a stickler there and I wanted the double measure. Um, <laughs> very, very good key. What questions have you got for me? Okay, I've now got two, so I'm going to have to go up with a third. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. Um, so one was, who is going to the Sunday brunch? Oh, God. Oh, God. Is this is this presumably revealed at the end when she invites them? Yes. Yeah, she mentions who else will be there. Oh, sugar, my bad. One of them gets mentioned two or three times, and one is mentioned only once. Um, Cleo Fenway or whatever her name is. Uh, no. Um, 
Roberta Phipps. <laughs> this woman's got the busiest social calendar imaginable. Uh, I think maybe maybe Senator. Yeah, one is a senator. Senator Geiger. Geiger. I think I think that's from um. I think that's from a the episode where they go to that Marbury Academy guy. You know, Pax and Whitehead is like Senator Geiger. I think it is. I think I mean, yes. he's not going. But he's not going. No, he's a long exists. way. He's a long way from one of these brunches. I think you have to tell me these, Kate. Um, I think I've got to try and read my own handwriting now. I think it's Senator Logan. Oh, and I think I'm going to say Mark Marco DeFalco or Fal- something like that. Maria DeFalco. Maria DeFalco, yeah. I think be, it, it, I think it's a woman. Um, <laughs> the letters get run together a little bit in my notes, but it could be. <laughs> a beautiful thing that Key and I share is both of us have atrocious handwriting. Um I, I mean, are you do you find most of your work as a lawyer is obviously digital typing? Do you very rarely have to handwrite things? Uh yeah, the only time I would ever handwrite anything in these days um would be if I'm making a note of a meeting and I don't have a laptop to hand and I'm doing a handwritten note and even that's then... just a dream, isn't it? Yeah. Um... There's no escaping it for me because I have to I have to mark my students' books. Um <laughs> however I do mark stuff digitally. So you know but yeah uh... I my, my most of my students have better handwriting than me, so more, more credit to them. You, you get certain solicitors that when you're training, um, they like to still sort of because obviously all your work when you're when you're training is all supervised and reviewed and all the rest of it, um, and they still like to get out sort of the trusty red pen and they, oh, they yeah. ask you to print off the whatever you've drafted and they'll go through it in in manuscript. And then you have to go back to him. Sorry, what is this word? Because I've, I've I've read it fifteen times and I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know what your comment is. I can't read it. I can't. You can't. I can't do anything with this. Um, I once went back to him. I think in square brackets and said, "This is either law or low," and I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> um, have uh, you got another question for me, or is that uh, all of them? Sorry. Yeah, so, uh, question number two is: uh, What is the name of Roz's date? Oh, is it Robert? Oh uh, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, we he, his first name is Rob, so yeah, Robert. Oh, uh, do, you, do you have a last name for us? Oh, does it begin with a G? No, it does not. Is it Senator Geiger? <laughs> <laughs> Robert Geiger. How Robert Geiger, uh, which sounds a lot like Robert Iger, the CEO of Disney, which is kind of sinister. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so that's so interesting that you've got it as Rob, which means in the episode it must be given as Rob. I'm adamant she says, "Come on, Robert, let's go back to our chair." But maybe I mean, she, maybe no, she I does think say she Rob. Says Rob. I could that's, be wrong. Maybe she just really draws it out, like "Come on, Rob," and like in Ross's voice, I've added the syllables. You're gonna have to tell me. Uh, I think it's Rob Man- Mendel. Mendel, Doctor Mendel, how's the teeth whitening going? I <laughs> knew you were bleaching them. Uh, excellent. Um, have you had a chance then, to do a third? Because don't worry if you haven't. I have. It's not great. I'm just doing it as I, I've gone along. Um, what is the name? Sorry, these are all very name heavy. Um, I don't mind. I don't mind. What is the name of the restaurant? And when are they are they taking supper? Oh, that's a great question. Um. I mean, if you get it even in the ballpark, because it's not English. So if you get it in the ballpark, I'll take it. I, uh, I'm going to go La Maison. Um, you're, you're far off. The house. And I'm going to say they are taking supper at 0700 hours. No, 0900 hours. Um, so it's Le Chamboise. Oh. And 11, they're taking supper. It 
Dalia. <laughs> because they have seen a play. <laughs> they, I was going to say it would be seven. As soon as I said seven, I was like, yeah, okay. Eleven's very it, late. It is late for supper, though. At that stage, I'm just trying to beat the traffic and get home. Yeah, exactly. I can't be having a heavy meal there, you know. <laughs> One thing that always gets me, I was talking about this to Charles, actually, in a lot of popular culture, the, the culture of having a coffee very late at night, particularly in American sitcoms and stuff. I'm like, do they know what that does to yeah. you? You're not going like, to get to sleep. You're not going to sleep. I'm wary about having a cup of tea of an yeah. evening. I do have one, but... I, I once accidentally had um, a... Like a, a, a normal coffee because I don't I don't drink coffee generally. I speak if I'm going to drink a hard drink, it's going to be tea. Mm. But I don't really usually have coffee. And I ended up having coffee at a, an event once at about four in the afternoon. Oh god! And okay. then all that night, right? I was I was up all night and I couldn't. I didn't in my mind. I didn't link it to the coffee at first. I was like, <laughs> am I having an existential crisis? Is this, like, <laughs> is this how it starts? And then I went in the uh-huh. next day. And so when um, I was surprised to see you drinking coffee yesterday, and it all, all clicked. <laughs> That's why I've been up all night. It's powerful stuff, man. I've had like the filter coffees, the cheap ones from Starbucks before, and it was like drinking rocket fuel while I was just shaking like a leaf. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. That, that, I know our American listeners will be hardened by their coffee consumption, but we will be two rubes compared to them. Um, but thank you. For the trivia there key normally i'd be thanking the trivia masters and the cadre but alas um we caught them unawares um shall we get to the animation yeah uh, the animation shall we get to the review and <laughs> let's begin with animation watch but yeah let's get into the animation yeah, it's been an animation. hour talking about what was the animation key the rising sun oh I, lo- I love that you didn't just say a sun you said <laughs> the rising sun very nice very nice indeed um they could have maybe added a, a little a little bit of embellishment to its yeah, solid the... block of colour. It was literally just a a yellow ball in the sky. <laughs> and that was it. There was no nothing else. A little bit of an afterglow, an aura yeah. wouldn't have gone amiss, but you know. I would love it if um if, if Frasier had been the one to set up Disney. So instead of all the Disney castle on the start of all Disney films, it'd just been a yellow block in the that sky. That would have been amazing. Um <laughs> I haven't I ha- obviously listeners might be a bit weird about the fact that we haven't um and they'd be very right to be like this, that we haven't talked about the Frasier continuation, the new one, um, which neither of us have watched as far as I'm aware. Oh, I haven't seen it. No. Um, but of course we will at some point. I'm probably gonna wait for it to come out in its entirety and then and then hit up a trial but i'm curious to know whether they've done the same with different animations for the boston skyline every episode so if people people were listening will have watched them please do let us know if that's the case um so we we open with the theatrical event of the season um i've already kind of we've both ruminated quite a long time on why we love the theater so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna dredge that up again um but trevor ainsley's on his farewell tour what did this put you in mind of when you heard Seattle's the last stop on his farewell tour? Because I immediately thought of some figure from popular culture. Did this does this ring any bells for you? This is a very specific question. It's um, not. I feel like Elton John has a farewell tour. It's exactly who I thought of. Yeah. It's like his his tour, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, was you know, uh, or whatever it was called, um, was was a farewell tour. And yeah, Seattle is is the last stop, was it, or the penultimate stop, or? Are you, well, the, given the the intensity with which they are desperate to see this play, I mean, I don't know if it's just because they want to be seen in Seattle seeing it, or... It could they, well be the yeah, last one. Um, or whether it is just the last one and this is their last chance. Mm. I do find it strange that irrespective of whether this is his, you know, the last one, I get that they want to see him on the stage treading the boards for one of the final times. Yeah. I find it strange they don't know what the play is about. 
Yeah, like, like it's, surely... just, it's just like a new production, or surely it's like if he's a if he's like Anthony Sher, a yeah. seasoned actor, he's acting in things that have a pedigree. Yeah, you're you're seldom. I mean, you know, it, it happens. You get you know new productions where you go in straight away with a big name, um, but you would think a farewell tour. You would you stick to something tried and tested, and and he, even then, I just think it'd be almost inescapable to to find out about it i think that you know even okay i appreciate you know the 90s it's different time in terms of newspaper reviews and all that but all if Mm. you're in theatrical circle surely all the hubbub is about this play and and you're going to pick up bits about sort of the background and the plot and the the general gist of it yeah Um, you'd you'd certainly have thought so um because because i'm glad you've mentioned that because it segues nicely onto the fact that i was trying to puzzle through what on earth this play could be about from the title. And then we it's about like a curmudgeon old fisherman in a in a coastal town. Sounds very Moby Dick. Yeah. Um and also sounds like a lot of Coleridge. Obviously Coleridge wrote Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. So clearly it's riffing on that. Um but yeah it sounds very kind of coastally Melville. Have you read have you read Moby Dick? I have not no. It's one of the strangest books ever. People think it's this really fusty old book. It's yeah. absolutely insane. Like yeah. it's it's really really good, but it's crazy. Um it's like really psychological and kind of disgusting and like weirdly erotic at times and just a yeah, a real crazy book for its time. But clearly it's not that... just about one man and a whale. No, people oh. think <laughs> what people think it's about and it's 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 just so much more than that. It's absolutely nuts. Um but yeah, it, whatever this play is about, I'd have assumed they would have known on on some yeah. level. I mean, uh, not as good. I mean, they know what Pride of the Yankees is about. You know, they were very. You know, that's Pride I, of the I, Yankees. I, I do. I, I think the joke that Martin says, "Oh, I thought it's one of those baseball docs like Pride of the Yankees." That doesn't get a laugh, and I think because Tears of the Mariner, you think yeah. the Mariners. Yeah, it works. Like it, 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 it's a really nice joke, yeah. and and people just think, oh, the oh, classic Martin. You're getting confused, but it's actually quite quite funny of a mix up to make. Yeah, it um, works on a, on a, a lot of levels. Actually, I think it's um yeah underappreciated gag. Actually, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Daphne's in the newspaper. Um, yeah. how does this sit with us? Like she's I... just been candidly shot bending over or the wind's yeah, I, blown a skirt. I think that qualifies as sexual assault now. I, yeah. <laughs> I I, it's like an upskirt, isn't yeah, it? Like, it? I don't it think sounds... I don't think this is allowed and yeah. it's like published. I mean, isn't the Seattle whatever they read, is it the Times or um isn't it meant to be like it's not a tabloid? Yeah, it's meant to be quite reputable and but it does have Derek Mann in it. Um, about town, yeah. man about town, you know. <laughs> so I don't know, but I, I I question the the legality of what they've done there, and also Daphne's just kind of delight at being featured. Daphne yeah. Moon, Seattle, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great pun on her surname. It, it is a great pun on her surname. It tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? You know, even I know that she makes reference to, oh, you you can see my knickers and all that, but even without that, you get everything you need to know from the heading. It, it works. <laughs> Um, absolutely and it also it kind of makes you think did they give her that name all those six years ago for this one moment a bit like we've talked about in the podcast before how in the world is not enough the bond film there is a character called dr christmas jones the reason she's called that is because at the end bond makes the most lewd sexual innuendo about christmas um purely because that's why they named her that so they could have this disgusting one-liner at the end of the at the end of the film so 
who knows? Who knows where that surname came from? Um, one thing I will say, we cut to the exterior now of the theatre and the beginning of this episode's kind of hijinks. The theatre banner is not good. It's not great. It's it? it looks like it, it looks like something they'd make in like a year eight kind of graphic design class. Yeah. Um and I think like um yeah, Sir Trevor Ainsley is just sort of thrown in across the top. <laughs> and it's just the font and the colouring. Yeah. And like this is the theatrical event of the season, apparently. And the budget has not gone on the banner. Yeah. Um have, have you seen how they do it at the old Vic? Am I right in thinking it's like the kind of red neon lettering? Yeah. Like that yeah. is awesome. That is so kind of iconic and classy. And then this banner is just like it looks like a school production. It, it genuinely I I got school prom vibes like at a not very good school. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome, class of twenty twenty three, sort of thing. Um, oh god, the the lie now when when Niles is talking about being cut out of his social circles and how he wasn't he wasn't invited to something about an orphanage. Uh, yeah, the gala. I, I, it's a gala for the orphanage. There might be a word before orphanage. So we've, we've got the the hoedown for the homeless. Maybe the opera for the orphanage. I don't know. That's not what it's called. But if we were thinking of a pun, then the way Fraser says. You can still give money to the children. <laughs> Once again, you've missed the point. <laughs> I just, just love everything. Even yeah, you know, he's even complaining when he's with Fraser about you know being in the kitchen, being sat so close to the kitchen and to her hairnets. Classic. Um, it's just right from the start, Niles. It's not happening. When you go, we talked about this, I think, before, so we don't need to labour it. But when you go into a restaurant, what yeah. constitutes where you want to sit? What's the best seat? Where do you want um, to be? I think maybe Steve and I spoke about this. I can't recall. Yeah, I don't think it was me. Um, generally speaking, I like to be sat with my back against a wall so I can see everyone else because I would have people watch. I or you're so scared of being assassinated. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I live in a John Wick film. <laughs> 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 um, but that's um, where you want to be. Well, uh, yeah, I don't want to be too close to the the entrance because it will get cold. Drafts, and draft I don't want to be too city. close to the toilet. Probably Dra- draft city of a different kind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically somewhere that either I'm by a window. So if it's an, it depends on the time of day I'm going. If it's during the day, um, then by a window so I can look out. And if it's an yeah. evening, I want to be able to people watch. I love basically that. anything that can I can avoid making conversation with the person I'm with. That is what I'm... <laughs> Poor Steph. <laughs> um, okay, here's a question for you then. You go into a restaurant and there are there's one of those weird setups where on one side of the table is a normal chair with four legs. On the yes. other side is one of those bench seats. Bench seat all the way. Are you a bench yeah, seat? I'm, I'm a bench seat, mate. That's incredibly <laughs> surprising. Pray tell what about the bench draws you in. I just like the fact that it gives me the option to have more room if I desire it. Wow. I mean, it, it is. They are more spacious. Yeah. Um, um, I but... am anti-bench seat. Really? See, yes, no, which, feel... which means you and I would be perfect. Uh, going... Yeah, we can yeah. go together. <laughs> we, can, we can go together. <laughs> and usually the bench is against the walls. So okay. <laughs> exactly. So it really does. I mean, that's, again, that's why you like the bench, because yeah. it's ready-made for your anti-assassination <laughs> dining. Um, but there we go. Listeners, let us know. Are you team chair or team bench? Uh, we, we've got to hear this. Um, the line from Niles now, it feels like someone snuck into my world and changed all the locks. It's so beautiful in an episode that's really silly yeah it is actually for all of the talk of of hijinks and the fact that it's a silly (laughs) episode there is a real sense here of of niles i think losing his sense of identity a little bit because Mm. he has 
identified as one of these the popular crowd the in crowd the the posh and gauche crowd that you know he was never in the in crowd at school for instance you know one of the popular ones but he sees himself as part of this high standing social circle and now sort of coming to the realization actually was that all just vicariously through maris it's not me mm. and he's losing his sense of, of you know his, his sense of his place in that in that standing mm. it's and Absolutely. it's all summed up very nicely in that one line that you know that that searching for questions it's, it's quite and searching for answers um yeah i think it's it's a really nice way of, of summing up what he feels and, and what his position is at present yeah absolutely and like this season and and certainly next it's going to kind of his his arc is going to become even more developed um with with obviously with donny and, and other things so yeah we're kind of really seeing him in a in a transitional point in the in the in his life and this episode's really silly and as we'll get into in listener mail not as popular as one might think um in fact a very controversial episode but uh yeah it's interesting to see him in this kind of vulnerable way um that was a question i was going to ask you um where does frazier offer as an alternative for them to sit to the the ticket mezzanine Mezzanine. um for the longest time i mean obviously not recently but for the longest time i had no idea what this word meant um and how to identify one um like how to identify i've seen this really hilarious picture on the internet once of like i I can't even explain it i'll have to post it on the socials it's like a hotel lobby and then like above the door there is like an alcove like a flat roof above the door with like chairs and sofas on it i.e with no railing and no visible way of getting up or down to those seats. They're just kind of like in a little mezzanine alcove above it. And I just remember tweeting something stupid like, you know, baby, you okay? You haven't joined me on the weird mezzanine above the hotel door. And it's like, how would you even get up there? How would you even get down? I don't know why that makes that way. I hear that word. That's what it makes me think of. Um, <laughs> Very, very specific. No strange little, little world you live in. I know. I'll try and find the picture um, because it has to be seen to be believed. Um, Nars' delivery now of like, I can't be seen to be standing out on the streets with the gutter riffraff yeah. waiting for a last minute ticket. So it's then the old couple. Good luck. It's <laughs> the old couple behind them just looking at him. I love it. Honestly, Frazier's delivery of good luck is hilarious. It's a bo- Would you ever go and just stand in a cancellation? I mean, if if I was in their position and I'd gone to yeah. the if I'd gone to the RSC and or something yeah. and my tickets had, had botched one hundred percent. Yeah. If it was the theatrical event of the season, I'd be groveling at all the hobnobby friends for tickets. Like yeah. we'll get on to the fact that they're idiots this episode. And I think that's what a lot of people took issue with in, in listener mail. I have no issue going in a cancellation line. I'm not. Well, I'm not bothered about who sees me at the theatre. No one I know goes to the theatre or the, at the same time as me. Yeah. Um, so of course I'm not bothered. Well, my thinking is: Would you, if you know, an event like this, would you mm. bother if you didn't have tickets? You know, you don't have tickets. Would you go down there, or would Ooh. you just think, oh, but there's no point because there's no chance of getting? Because I know certainly on Leicester Square you can get sort of discounted tickets on the day, but what your success rate is of actually getting tickets to a show you want to see. I have no idea what your odds are. If I lived within maybe 20 minutes, yeah, maybe half an hour, and it's something I really wanted to see, I'd, I'd risk it maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is a good, it's a good point because the, the chances are there's not going to be anything. Yeah. Um, so and yeah. I love the fact that they seemingly left it very late because he was waiting for, you know, I think, is it 
clear um and Benway or Fenwick or something. Yeah, and then I, I think maybe Dana or Donna or someone like that. I think yeah, uh, he, yeah. he has a couple of calls. That's at six p.m. I think, and so they need to be getting a shift on there. They you know yeah, timing's not brilliant. And yet they're the first in the cancellation queue later on. <laughs> like so told... people start queuing up early. Or are we to join them and the queue has kind of... Or maybe. I don't know. Do we join them midway through their queue? Um, but either way, they are cutting it very fine. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. But but there we are. Um, so oh, the delivery now of Martin back at 1901 with they're trying to get tickets. Like, if the show's any good, in about a month, they'll put it on the dinner theatre and you can get a nice good of prime rib. I mean, do these things exist? Is a dinner theatre something that exists in the UK that you can eat whilst watching a play? There are certainly some things, like I've seen sort of like the Faulty Towers <laughs> dining experience and stuff. I mean, I've, I've not seen it, but I've seen it advertised. Yeah, yeah. Um, in which I think that it's like dinner and a show and you have, you know, your there is the opportunity wow. to eat during it. But He's right to an extent. If something's popular, it usually goes national and they take it effectively on tour, like mm. the Pretty Woman. Um, yes. And you always almost, you, you hope, like I was really hoping to Pillow Man that it would end up going on tour and I've heard absolutely nothing to that effect. So we yeah. will see. But... Well, keep your ears to the ground because if that comes our way, we... Yeah. We should so go and see. We that. will be the first in that cancellation. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, the delivery of Hello Cleo, you lovely thing. After he's just told Nas that she's got a botched face job or eye job or something. I think, or... um, yeah, botched eye job. And I think he says something else as well, doesn't he? That, um, does he have, does she have a hump? Like he's like a hump you could cross the Sahara on or something. Jesus. Like <laughs> I think he, I think he does say that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if he didn't say that, that's one hell of a zinger from me. I, like. I think he, I think he does say that, but Cleo, you lovely thing. Um, <laughs> he's very good at kind of turning on the charm when he needs to. Um, so the Sunday brunches are a who's who of Seattle's elite. Is this the Kendalls? Is the yes, Sunday... this is Stephen and Susan, I think. Stephen Felicity's Susan. parents. Yes, Felicity's parents. Who's Felicity again? Felicity Kendall. Remind me who Felicity Kendall is, is she again. Not an actress? Is she an actress or a model? No, she is. She was in Rosemary and Ty, wasn't she? Yeah. Felicity. <laughs> there she is. Felicity Kendall. Um, how old is she these days? 77 years young. Oh, and oh, interestingly, she was partnered. She, at one point, she went out with Tom Stoppard, the playwright. Oh, wow. So it all comes back. I think... I'd... Was she in... Um, I think she was on the stage not too long ago. Was she in um, Anything Goes? In Yes, yeah, she was. She, was, she started in Anything Goes at the Barbican Theatre. Ah, there you go. There you go, indeed. Um, do you enjoy brunching? Okay. I don't mind brunching. That's, um, a, that's a non-committal response. <laughs> I don't mind it, but um, I'm one of those people that I feel like if, you, if you're going to go for a brunch, you've got it's got to be two meals, like in the sense of the size of that meal has to be enough to justify. So um, you're talking a, a full English at the brunch? Yes, a, Big full English. Okay. Yeah. I had one recently. I don't know if you saw on Instagram. It was pretty big. Um, it was very good. Very good brunch. But I'm a I'm a I'm a brunch man. I never oh, go yeah. for them. Have you ever been to a bottomless brunch? Oh, I really want to. I um I, I likewise, that, let's do I, this. Let's, just we make all these me, plans, mate. Let's me do it. just me and you, you're on the bench, me on the chair, <laughs> bottomless brunching until the bowels, you know, ring. It was recommended to me recently, actually. But I think um, Gordon Ramsay has like a Gordon Ramsay street food place or something like that in London, um, where they do bottomless brunch. I think it's fairly reasonable in price as well. Um, and someone said to me, like, when you next go see a show in London, 
swing by and you know be a good way to sort of spend a few hours to be honest man so, you you really are one of the Frasier brothers one of the crane brothers <laughs> you live that life um i love that but yeah listeners let us know do you enjoy brunching and what do you what do you eat um the delivery of when uh Ross now takes dr what was his name mendel i think mendel takes him back inside like come on it's a long way from to row a the row c row from the cancellation line yeah. um when he's like, oh, I hope you get lucky. I'd be stupefied if you didn't. <laughs> I, I don't, does, do you think, Doctor, doesn't Doctor Mendel get the joke? or the, Because he looks somewhat, I don't know if he's confused or surprised. I, or... I don't think he gets the joke. Yeah. Which is, he's a doctor. You know he's an intelligent man, um. So yeah, I don't, I don't think he gets it. Which, which to be to to his credit is probably the best outcome for that joke because it, yeah. it's tip, it's typically slut shamey of Ross. Um. So you know if he doesn't know, then whatever comes later that evening will be a pleasant surprise. Um. As I as I hope it was for him. Um. The delivery of "I knew you were bleaching them" is just fantastic. <laughs> Talk to me about your oral hygiene, Kate. Is is uh, is bleaching of your teeth something you would ever consider getting done, or is it absolutely bottom of the physical attributes priority list? I wouldn't do it. I I think I'd just be concerned. I'd be constantly living in fear that is this the right thing to do? Will this damage my teeth in some way? I don't mm, like when I people don't... get them like filed and then. Oh no! no I don't I even want to say that word. Yeah, no, I I don't. Um... Oh, but no, I I wouldn't bleach my teeth myself. I don't. Mm. What um, brand of toothpaste do you use? Well, it varies, <laughs> mate. It varies. I, I don't mind a bit of Colgate. Don't mind. A I'm a bit. I'm ride or die for Colgate. Oh yeah, like yeah. Steph's like that. Steph had the thing. She doesn't like sharing a tube of toothpaste. Really? All. Yeah, she thinks that's weird. That's um, an expensive uh, quirk. Well, the thing is, she buys more expensive toothpaste than me, so I'm following my like little. Crappy cheap toothpaste, and she's out there. <laughs> Yours is basically out. just ninety parts water and like one <laughs> yeah. part bicarbonate soda. Yeah, I went. I, I went to do some shopping yesterday. I was telling Charles. I mean, I, I live a fascinating life, marveling at the price ranges between different toothpastes. It, it really varies, doesn't so it? The, the one we buy is like a pound. You, one in a very similar looking box is five pound. Yeah. And Let me tell you, I'm buying the 99p one. <laughs> can you imagine spending five pounds on a toothpaste? Like I'd, I could, I could fill a basket of food for that I'd, price. I'd want the toothpaste to actually clean my teeth for me, like do the brushing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Like fully automated, yeah. 2001 style. But um, I'm at the dentist this time next week. Actually, I, I uh, was there last week. I read it. How'd it go? Yeah. Absolutely stunning, I have to say. Um, <laughs> as they said, an incredibly healthy set of teeth you got there. Um, no, but to be brutally honest, I was in there for all of five minutes. Um, wasn't certain that I got my money's worth um, because it's like £23. Yeah, um, I'd have liked a little bit more care and attention. I, and when they were it... kind of doing the little blitzing they do at the end to give you like yeah. a bit of a clean, they were really quite harsh and I was like wincing at times. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and it was a new dentist as well. She's She's yeah. never... She's never touched these teeth before, um, so I was a little bit wary. But there, I, 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 I hate going to the dentist. Do you just find mm. it a, a, an awkward experience for someone to be in my mouth? I just, it's not, it's not something that happens every day. I don't it's, like it. it. Yeah, um, it's, it's not. It's, but it's I feel territory. like I spend like two hours like stressing about the dentist. I'm in there for all of ten minutes, and then I leave, and I'm like, 
yeah. get to leave. <laughs> I'm going back in a year. Um, and boy, do they get their money's worth as well. Yeah. There's a fantastic sketch from, do you remember the Armstrong and Miller show? I do, yeah. Which I loved. And there's a great sketch where like the dentist says really inappropriate things when he's got his hands in the patient's mouth mm-hmm. so that the patient can't respond. So he just starts saying things like, you know, oh, I'm having trouble in bed with my wife and blah, 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 or whatever. And it's just, it's such a great, concept for a sketch um so i do recommend people checking that out um so i put here that it's just outrageous that they forego the tickets to save face here like the guys offering them they're ready to go are you like screaming at the tv just as i am here yeah just grab them yeah it's so frustrating it's so frustrating um like they've they've talked up this event it's it's so iconic just say we 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 dropped our tickets. We lost yeah. them. We were yeah. mugged by a really upper class mugger. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, know, you, you just lie somehow. You, you know, just say, "Oh, actually, we we got here. We realized our tickets were." You know, I get that he may have some kind of high status, high class, you know, stickler towards matinees, perhaps. But even just say, you know, oh, it was meant to be yesterday. We've just realized. You know, we thought he'd try our arm and just just. Go for it. Just get the tickets, for goodness sake. It's ridiculous. It's and I can't believe insane. how polite the two women are behind them, that they give them that long of umming and ahhing about whether to take them. If that was me in second place behind them, I'd have cut ahead long before. Oh, I know. I'd, I'd be like, right, you've, you've, you've had your chance. Yeah. Get the get the F out. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm right with you there. Um, so it's just, yeah, it, I think this is why this episode is so frustrating for a lot of people. And we'll kind of get to that um, in Listener Mail. In fact, I'm actually just sending you a little screenshot of some Listener Mail for you to have I, a look at. I also later. find it weird that, you know, as they're about to go in, um, Stephen... Kendall turns around to him and says, oh, I'll meet you back here for a smoke at intermission. Who makes plans to meet at intermission? You know, you've yeah. got a 15 to 20 minute window. Okay, you are just doing your own agenda and your own timings here. You've ba- barely got time for like a quick tipple and a wee. Yeah. And then, right. then the bell's ringing again and it's yeah. like... Oh, one thing I will say actually, while for, obviously this is a very theatre-heavy episode, so I think theatre tangents are invited. The audience etiquette when I was at Macbeth was atrocious. Um, there was so I mean people can't help being ill Mm. but the sheer amount of coughing that was going on was insane Um, and if you've got a really really bad cough you can't help it maybe if it's that bad you shouldn't go to the theatre because you're going to spread whatever you've got Um, there was a lot of coughing there were people talking around me and mumbling and like I was losing the will to live and Charlotte and I kept looking at each other I was like I'm going to I'm going to say something in a minute I was getting so angry um I, I I took a bloody I took seventy year eleven students and they they were less they they were more quiet than the people yeah. in this crowd. It really um, another thing that irritates me. I've been told before that this is me being unkind rather than everyone else. But I when people take sweets and all that to the cinema, they no, like, never. Hey, listen, no. you shouldn't be doing it at the cinema. That annoys me. But at least at the cinema, you've not got live performers that you're potentially yeah. putting off. Like, do not do it at the theatre. It's just it, the, oh, no, the really cinema. Great. I don't mind. I mean, I don't want people munching nachos next to me. Like, if yeah. it's a soft food, but or, nothing that smells either. So nachos and hot dogs can get out. I don't want to smell anything in the cinema. Um, absolutely with you, one hundred percent. I don't want to be. I don't want to hear bonbons breaking in someone's jaw. Hey. 
during yeah. the tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow soliloquy from Macbeth. <laughs> um, I can't have that. So yeah, I'd be interested if listeners agree with us there um, and what th- theatre etiquette is like in general in America. Um, in in many ways, I actually think it might be better than here. I think I think it's definitely getting worse over here. I think I it's think, honestly think yeah. it's since COVID. Yeah, like everyone I, I know says, cinemas have gone way downhill since COVID. It's like people have forgotten how to act in public. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's frustrating. It really is. Um, Niall smoking is hilarious. I'm sure we'll come back to that uh, in a little in a little while. But the delivery from Stephen Kendall. Well, they no poor things. They can only get balcony. Well, still, we should say hello. They are your parents. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the best lines of the episode. Just like the God. way she says, "Oh, poor dears." You just yeah. think it's just too random. Us? No, <laughs> it's her parents. And also, what I love is that they, you know, okay, they don't know that Fra- Fraser and Niles, you know, they they thought Fraser and Niles were going to see the show. But from Fraser and Niles' perspective, if they had just <clears> hung <throat> around the entire time waiting for them, yeah. How angry would you be that you've spent all of 10 seconds with this guy and then he's gone off to speak to someone else? I know. I know. You made your plans and your 15 to 20 minutes slot just for him. Just for him. You came to the designated spot. You've rolled your little, you know, your ciggies. Yeah. And then this guy pies you off for balcony people. God, brutal. It's just not, it's just not okay. Um, Oh, sorry, you go. The other thing I've got, when they, they try to get back in, Oh my god! Uh, right. what a... How did they think they were gonna fight? Is it the I want to say the Gormleys or the the, the Bromleys or something like the, that? Yeah, or the yeah, or yeah, yeah, something and like that. How did they think they were gonna find their seats? I don't know. Were they just gonna wait for two? Wait till everything was starting again, see two empty seats, and then just run to those two? Or oh, because that's... surely if you get that wrong, that is far far more embarrassing than the cancellation line. God, I wonder. I wonder if, like, once he's inside, would there have been like a receptionist to say, "Oh, hi, I'm Mister Gormley. Could you just remind me of my seat?" Uh, and she'll say, "Surely, I need to see your ticket." Maybe she's like, "Oh, I left them there. Oh, let me go get your coats. Oh, we're back yeah. to square one." Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. Something they've not thought about um, <laughs> at all. Um, the the delivery of I just need to check the seating chart. <laughs> the, <laughs> the way he kind of leans back out into the into the street again. Brilliant delivery o- from Kelsey. Also, I also, also why would there be a seating chart outside? <laughs> I have no idea. That's surely in the foyer. And yeah, yeah. I also love the the complete turnaround of um as they're going to leave you're like let's go um and Stephen and susan kendall turn around and say but are you not going again he's like i told you it was back that way i told you it's the other way (laughs) (laughs) there's no like it just split second response it's fantastic it's so so good um the the so we're now back at um at 1901 um so is this so are we to believe the supper is in between, when they're back at 1901, he's talking about his hair being dyed. Yeah. Is that between the end of the play and then they're going to supper that same evening? Yeah, I think they go back at intermission, don't they? And then. Yes, um, they go. Sorry, they go supper back. Supper after to, the end. Of they the go play. back during intermission to get the review, don't they? Yes. Yeah. So, because I mean, um, we find where does Fraser keep his hair dye? He keeps it in like the false. 
drawer on, in his cufflink box. The false bottom of his cufflink false box. Yeah. I I'd love a false bottom in a in a in a drawer of some kind. I think what I'd love a false bottom in any drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I never saw a dull moment. Um, absolutely would be would be excellent. Um, the we're back. Uh, well, we're not back, but we go to the pub now. Where the pub? What a British! What a Britishism! What, yeah. what, the the restaurant where Trevor Ainsley is to entertain these hobnobby frick people, um, and they start talking about the silent echo. Do, speaking of other things in Fraser that I've already mentioned, does does Trevor Ainsley remind you of anyone? Um, His vocal delivery was absolutely like pitch perfect as someone else to me. Someone it? I've already vaguely alluded to. Is it Dr. Geiger? Not not the Senator Geiger, but, yeah, but whatever his Senator name Geiger. is. But yeah, yeah, that's right. The 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 guy who the head teacher, the headmaster. Paxton Whitehead, yeah, that's head of Marbury name. Academy. Um yeah. doc, is it Dr. Campbell? I can't remember. Or Campbell um, rings a bell. It could be. But yeah, I just think the deliveries is the play clearly has a third act problem. <laughs> like I just it sounds exactly I, like Paxton Whitehead. I just love the way he delivers that. Just it's just the parallels between Nile, you know, Frazier critiquing Niles for saying Silent Echo had a third act problem and didn't have a third act. And then the exact <laughs> same line being used legitimately in respect to this play. It's, um, I, just, I absolutely love it. And um, I really actually, I like Trevor Ainsley in this. I think he comes across as a very likable, decent chap. Basically. He does, actually. I agree. Um, and I question why he is there because he's on his farewell tour. He doesn't need to be hobnobbing with these people. The only thing I can think of is that maybe he's an ambassador for some kind of like foundation or trust, and he wants to get their money for that, maybe. But yeah, because these otherwise... are obviously these are high up people, so maybe yeah. there's some kind of obligation there. Um, but otherwise, you're out the door, mate. You're finishing. Just you don't need to do this anymore. Go and hang yeah. your fish gutting knife up, and yeah. just go and just relax on the beaches yeah. of Aruba. And he, he clearly thinks Nas is an idiot. Um, which is, he does. is great. No, I was just... The posers. The, the... <laughs> yeah, the oh, look, here's your brother. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, how do you... Do you think Frazier does a good job or a bad job of trying to bluff here? Really, really love that, because that's exactly what I was going to talk about next. I think... Well, firstly, I've just observed that we've all been here when we're having to ad-lib on something we're suddenly expected to have done or be knowledgeable yeah. on, whether it's in class when we haven't done homework and a teacher's asking us about a piece of work, or it's, you know, a colleague. Yeah, a lot of times it's like, yeah, a colleague that has asked me a question on the fly, and I'm like, well, I, I think this, but let me just go and double check why I wrote down earlier and then yeah, I'll confirm yeah. the position with you. Absolutely. The amount of times I do that when I'm teaching, I'll be like, oh, what does this word mean, sir? And I'll, I'll literally, I'll be honest. I'll actually be like, you know what? I don't know. I'm going to go look it up. And like, sometimes I'll be reading That's, a student's work. Um, it is a, an animal. <laughs> an animal, a four-legged animal. Sometimes students have used words where they've obviously like looked it up online and I've, yeah. I've looked their work and I went, I was like, what does that word mean? And they're like, oh, it means this. I was like, I've never even seen that word before. <laughs> so I was like, you need to change it. The amount of times, though, I know words and I know how to fit in a sentence, but I don't know what the word means. Mm. And sometimes I write something, I'm like, he blithely said. And then I'm like, does that work? I think it works. But I don't Is know it... why it works. I don't know why it works, but I'm just going <laughs> to go for it. Um, but yeah, I don't, he doesn't do a terrible job, but he does a typically hammy, sentimental and kind of over dramatic job um you know the way he's like he you reveal something in all of us and uh, we I, are revealed in their truth i think yeah. if that was a real actor real travel he'd like, see he through would, it yeah he'd be like you didn't see the play did you um yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just think 
yeah, I don't know. I, to, 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 to Trevor's maybe lack, not to give him credit, he should he should see through it. He's yeah. he's an intelligent man, and I also think Frazier's probably smart enough to do a slightly better job than than what it yeah. sounds like here. Um, he's seen a lot of theatre. You know, you can really bluff without you, you without can. knowing the plot. You really you can. can. You can. If you just know yeah. vaguely, it's probably an existential psychodrama on aging and yeah. um whatever and the meaning of life, which yeah. is pretty much what we're gauging from it. You can and, run, run around and, that. I mean, even if nothing else, right? <laughs> you know that his son turned away from him in terms of the fish. And you yes. just talk in length about, oh, I really thought the way it explored the relationship between you and your son, even in that just one critical moment, was uh, it was really very. You know, you can just bluff it. It's, it's, I feel like I feel like I'm Trevor Ainsley, and you're, <laughs> you know, you're you're going for it there. Um, but yeah, I, it's 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 an interesting one because I I've definitely been there, and it's it's I go bright red when I'm trying to like talk about something that I've been caught out on. Yeah. Um, like someone's asked me to do something, and I said, yeah, I'll do it, and then an hour later, like, oh, what did you think? And I'm like, oh my god, um. Not good. I thought so many things. Yeah, I thought so many things. Um, too many to too many to talk about. Um, I I really like this episode. Mm. Um, you know that I, I just want to say that. Um, I I completely get why it's controversial. They're very frustrating, the Crane brothers in this. But as an episode, it's got a little bit of 1901. It's got a little bit of new, new theater setting, which I really enjoy. I like the restaurant. I like Ainsley there. It's got quite a lot going on for it for me. Um, there's a blithe smile on your face. Um, do you, <laughs> Does that do you, work? Does it work? I don't know. I don't even know what blithe means. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Uh, blithe um, meaning. It means showing a casual or cheerful indifference yeah. considered to be callous or improper. So if I said to you... I oh, think that was a blithe blithe smile. <laughs> right? So it works and you don't know why it works, but you know it works. <laughs> um, I mean, we're, we're getting... Okay, I'm just going to skip to top 10. It's not in my top 10, okay. but I really like it. What are, what are your okay. thoughts? Well, it's not in my top 10. I'll say okay. that. Okay. Um, what I will say is I was quite surprised when you said to me that this is quite a controversial episode and people don't like it because I think it's a really strong, good, likeable, fun episode. I think yeah. there's a lot going, but I think Martin has two or three really nice one-liners. I think Niles being all over the place and typically sort of... It's, it's weird. The, the in- inherent ability of David Hyde Pierce to even when he's sitting still and it's not physical comedy... It feels like physical comedy because of the way he almost throws his emotions and his personality about all over the place, if that makes any sense at all. Yes. It, it feels like he's moving even when he, he isn't. And I think you see that to perfection. I think you get so many nice little bits between Fraser and Nas. And I don't think it's, you know, I get people might say they're frustrating, but it's not out of character. This isn't one of those where we're saying, well, why did that like this? Because it's not consistent. Yeah, like room I, service or something. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a perfectly... It, it's a stupid thing to do, but it's a stupid thing I could absolutely see Niles and Frazier doing. 100%. It's so um, believable. And I love the little bits of interplay we get with the other members of their social clique and the social elite. You know, for instance, like, you know, when we said about um, the, the the timber barons, uh, you know, what, what were their names again? The um, they made all the ones names. from the hoedown for the homeless. Yes. They may not be timber barons at all. I'm mixing up things. Um, uh, well, I've seen but, your wife. <laughs> yes. Those, those guys, those people. Those um, people. I do love when we get those like little moments of interplay with them where we just see like just on the fringes of what it is like to have to be in these circles. Mm. Um, and to that extent, I really like Stephen and Susan. I think they're used really well here. They're used minimally, but very well when they are used. 
completely agree. And I love how mm. I love the ending. Actually, I don't know if I'd have liked it more. I, I don't. I, it would be nice to have seen almost on the cutting floor two alternative endings. One where Trevor Ainsley calls him out, and would that be funny? Or the ending as it was with the fact that they convinced themselves that they are now the the new messiahs who have seen the light and need to now still go to all these things and be pretentious so they can convert the others. And they talk themselves into doing it anyway. Um, but I think it's a really nice ending. It's fun. There's a few, at least like two or three stages in this episode where I laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's got comedy. It's got that, you know, sort of nice little introspective existential moment towards the end. I think it's mm-hmm. a really strong episode. Oh, I completely agree. Um, so it is, you know, it's not in the, our top tens, but certainly, you know, not without its credit. Um, I should just say, because I skipped ahead, the, the episode ends, of course, with them accepting the Susan Kendall's uh, invitation to Sunday brunch because they can change the system from within. Um, of course, just falling back on their old kind of need to be liked and to like um, kind of hoity-toity upper-class people. Um, so just a, a kind of fitting ending, I think. And Fraser's going to be wearing what suit? Oh, is, is it like a Prada suit? It is Prada, yeah. very good. I'm, I'm fairly confident Nile says something like stylish and a patriot, but I looked up and Prada is Italian. So I don't know what I've oh. missed there, unless he doesn't say patriot. Um, unless he says something with the suit, like, oh, with this sort of tie or something like that, and maybe it's a tie which... No, he, according to KACL's script, he says, I'm going to wear my new Prada suit. And Niles calls him a a patriot. But Prada is definitely an Italian luxury fashion house. Uh, it was founded in Milan. Oh. So I don't understand that at all. Um, so if anyone could riddle me that. But if they've do. got Greek roots, they may also have Italian roots. So maybe it's a patriot to Italy. Maybe. Yes. Maybe that's what it is. Um, who have you gone for actor pick? We've kind of alluded to this a little bit, I think. Oh, have I? Only, only in our I, acting I, moments we enjoy, not that we've alluded to our picks. I'm going to give it to uh, to David Hyde Pierce, to Niles, mm. um, because I think listen, Martin has some really nice moments. Fraser has some really good moments. Daphne doesn't do very much, um, but no, she know, there's just something about Niles in this episode that I love. The 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 whole pretending and failing miserably to try and smoke. Um, his almost dress rehearsal just before he was like going up to the. The moment where he's practicing the different ways to hold a cigarette. So good. Um, I just, yeah, I think he's really strong. I think, you know, him him just in the line where you can literally see like his body's almost physically torn between wanting to go for the tickets and wanting to save face. Uh, I think he's great. I just think, yeah, David Hyde Pierce is, is fantastic. And the, the interplay between him and Kelsey is, is wonderful. So, um, yeah, I'll get to David Hyde Pierce. I love that. Uh, I've gone for Kelsey. I've gone for Kels. Um, Just for lines like, um, you, know, you can still give money to the children now. So <laughs> let me check the seating chart. Uh, just things like that just kill me. Uh, and also his hamminess with with Trevor Ainsley, I think, is is kind of very I, typical of him. One thing as well, I do love, you know, obviously Kelsey has a great line. Of, I knew you were bleaching. Um, yes. But I love the fact that almost gets turned around later on in the episode when Niles finds out about the dye. It's like, oh, it's just my new conditioner, is it? Um, <laughs> so good. Like that kind of mirroring of the two gags. Um, really like that. Uh, Kennedy Burling, I'm on the ground key. Has he ever been known to use a cancellation line? Have you ever seen Kennedy queuing for a cancelled show mm. or for tickets? I've never seen him queuing, but at Christmas, mm. he does go out and give one lucky person a ticket to a show. I love it that. Is, is it, it to is... a private show at his own house? It is. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, it's strictly adults only. So um, if you see Kennedy offering you a ticket, do do tread lightly. 
Um, all that remains is to play Who's Crane Is Anyway before we jump over to listener mail this week. Your word is yammering. 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 Oh, Who uses the word yammering in this episode? Quite a, quite a, I've just picked this one on the fly. It's yeah. very, very specific, obviously. It's a weird word. It is a strange word. Um, but it could feasibly have been said by any of them, which is why I've picked it. <laughs> Cheers, thanks, mate. Cheers. <laughs> I'm I a real piece like of I'm work. On a, a genuinely like a three-season run of not getting one of these right. <laughs> um, Possibly. Yammering. I... Oh, okay. My my first thought was Martin, then I thought Kelsey, then I thought Niles. Um, and I don't know why I said Kelsey is Kelsey and not Fraser, but I identified the other two by character names instead. I don't yeah, we know. always mix that up, and um, I like that. I like that a lot. Oh. Kelsey. Yes, it is. Yes, it's it, it, it is because it's when he's on about um all the uh, all that yammering about the, how the play had a, a third act problem. Yes. It didn't even have a third act. So it's a, it's in the silent echo monologue. Um, so very good, well done, Thank and I'd you, love mate. to see the passion. Oh, there. Wow. I'd love to see that. Uh, all that remains is to jump over to listen now. Shall we do it? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Excellent. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, listen now this week, uh, mostly going to Instagram and Facebook here, um, because you guys are being very, very good at, at kind of responding to our prompts on there, which is lovely. Uh, the Deadest Dead says, the way Frasier delivers, I knew you were bleaching them, kills me every time. Uh, Got Four Wheels says, uh, peak Nas and Frasier at their snobbish worst slash best, but Daphne Moon Seattle. She does indeed. Uh, AMR39 says, one of my favourite episodes, short and sweet. And in complete contrast and uh, juxtaposition, possibly an oxymoron, oh. um, True Golden Geek says, maybe my least favourite That's a real claim, that is. And by, that, that's I, will, I will defend their right to say that to the very end. I'd be really interested for their thoughts in more detail. And, you know, when we've talked about, you know, the, the focus group, which is one God. of the, Beware of the Greeks, I think, God. is one that people also have up there. Freudian sleep. You know, is, is this in that category? I'd be really interested I... in your thoughts as to why. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would love to hear from you. Uh, Sonny Williams says, Niles, just get the cancellation ticks. And why is that other couple so obsessed with them? Very, very good point, Sonny. They are obsessed with them to the point of like, you stop buzzing around them like flies and let them just sort their lives out in the in the cancellation line. Can I also, I love the name Sonny Williams and I feel like she should have like a third. Is that is a woman, I think? Yeah. I think, yes, yeah, Sonny's a yeah. woman. Um I think they should have like their third country album due out like next year or something like that. Sonny Williams. Like, Williams is playing Nashville. You say that actually. If if Sonny is who I I think she is, I think she actually is a as a performer. I think she. She's I, I honestly think. Name. I honestly think she could be a musician. Sonny, if you're listening to this, please get in touch. I don't want to make assumptions based on you know our if our kind of vague crossings of paths on social media, but I do think she is a musician of some description. So please oh. get in touch. That's amazing that you got that as well. If, from if you are a singer, it doesn't have to be country. Let us know or not. I, I really think she could be. That could be an exciting turn of events. Um, over on Facebook, then, do you want to kick things off key with uh, the people over on the book? Yeah. So um, Julie Ingoff says. Uh, Nas pretending he smokes is the best part of this one. Um, it's definitely up there, isn't it? It's a strong, it's a it's hilarious moment. So good. Uh, Veronica says one of my favourites, and Mandy Garcia says it's even more moving the second time. Um, Edwina Hayes says another classic. And Dad, that's Pride of the Yankees. Oh yeah, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm right about the fish part though. Um, Excellent. And 
So do you want me to do the next one as well? I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, Benson Dubois says, this episode annoys me. I always skip it. So another mm. person who hates it. I'm really liking the kind of the, the extremes here. Uh, Eric Erica says, Daphne moons Seattle with a peach emoji. Very fitting. Uh, and Karen Saxon says, just rewatched and felt it was a little thin. Mm. Um, Jess Sterling says, one of the few episodes where I end up feeling more respect for Frasier by the end of it. He gets so easily caught up in the materialism, status, and competing with Niles, but then occasionally shows us these little sincere glimpses of his character, and it's quite lovely. It's definitely a four out of five coffee cups for me. That's a pretty good review. Um, Do another one, Kay. And then Joshua Campbell says, can't wait. It's like waiting in the cancellation line. I love that. And also, there's a great video of Josh um, on Facebook, captured, I think, by his partner um, while he's driving, listening to the ham radio special that we put out on Halloween, um, trying not to laugh whilst it's kind of playing over the speakers, which was really lovely to see. Uh, Edmundo Jackson says, great episode, but I want to punch Niles when he's in the cancellation line. Just take the ticket. But Niles smoking is one of my favourite moments in the entire series. I wish I just didn't love the damn thing so much. Uh, David Lopez says, I've always enjoyed enjoy this one i've learned that not everyone is so enamored with it you and us both david um that's certainly the case here uh next april caroulis um with everyone seeming to be a love or hate this i love they've gone middle of the road i think it's fine just middle of the road nice um i agree that they make it far more complicated than needed but i always like to see them hobnobbing in their elite circle me too um rachel warren however controversial opinion this is in my top 10 ding 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 <laughs> so rachel is little owlet in the glen from trivia the trivia oh, cadre yes. um so and obviously host of desperate housewives podcast as well um so excellent to see that's in in rachel's top 10 uh stephanie sunshine says i love the silliness of it niles learning to smoke running home for the newspaper review trying to sneak in intermission all because they were too proud to stand in line for a cancellation i did wonder why Frasier didn't try to quickly usher the couple away so Niles could accept the two tickets that became available though. Overall I thought it was a great episode and I loved how it ended. That is just such a logical yeah. logical thing to do. Why can't he just go, oh look, look who it is over there let's go and say hello. Yeah. You know, there must, boom. You're in that, I say, this is the event of the season. There must be other people that you know and recognise there that you yeah. can distract them for a moment. Niles grabbed the tickets and then ah, oh, nothing's happened, it's all fine. Um, 100%. But... 100%. Oh, well, then we'd have another 10 minutes of story time to fill. And... We would. We would indeed. <laughs> um, Lindsay Marshall says, it's an episode with, where I get so annoyed with Frasier and Niles for making things way more complicated. But of course, that's the point of a sitcom. Lindsay, I exactly hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they're trying not to be seen the cancellation line, Frasier could just lead their friends away so they didn't notice Niles buying the tickets. I often skip this episode. Mm. Um, and just say Claire Dick responded to Lindsay and she agrees Uh, she thinks it's very frustrating watching this one their pride gets in the way far too much and spoils it for them whereas I'd be shameless and cue and have a laugh about it Mm, there we go thank you very much so just a few more over from Reddit as well, um, which I forgot to read out, I think maybe on the last episode we did. So huge apologies there. Swan Pippa says, hi, guys. Thanks for another great episode. Also, welcome back, Key. Firstly, Key, I was wondering in the episode you have missed, were any of them in your top 10? Uh, in regard to reunion, uh, my school has a past pupils union. And one of the things they do is a reunion dinner in the school. It's a black tie event. You can arrange to go and meet old school friends. 
rearranged one for our 10-year anniversary, and it was great to catch up and reminisce. They even had the senior school principal give a speech on that part of school, uh, because obviously we talked, didn't we, about kind of going to reunions. Uh, also, there is a few teachers who attend. Uh, they are special guests as well each year to give a speech or a talk. Uh, past pupils who would be many decades out of school, and they still come, they still attend. Uh, a few drinks too many were had in my year, and a few others ended up in the city centre in our black ties. Uh, Will, you mentioned about the piece um, that's broken that reminded you of maybe another Frasier or Friends episode. Yeah, so Swan Pippa's absolutely correct here. And it did, someone else messaged us on Instagram asking, and I remembered late kind of that evening, it's in Friends when Rachel breaks a dinosaur of Ross's and she puts it in one of those little scalloped wall sconces um, and kind of hides it. So that's what I was thinking about. Um, with this week's trivia, I think I just missed out in time. Maybe that was a good thing because I think I had a very good but hard visual one for you. Uh, you discussed the new Frasier show. I also don't have Paramount. However, when all the episodes come out, I'm going to use a free week's trial that you get and watch them over that week. Very, very good. That's exactly what I plan on doing. I also enjoyed Oppenheimer. When they did the test, I didn't see the story going the way it did. If you like that sort of movie, I went to see The Killers of the Flower Moon. Very good acting based on true story. That's all for now. Thanks, guys. Uh, on the friends point, um, yes. obviously, I'm not sure if this is maybe something you mentioned when you recorded uh, midweek or in the last few days. Possibly, I don't think we've talked about it since. Since since we did that together, you know, a couple of weeks ago, obviously Matthew Perry has oh my god away. Yeah. Um, and I think that for everyone who sort of grew up with friends, you, you felt like you knew all of them, and they were all you know such iconic characters, and and. You know, I think it's, you know, it's difficult given particularly, you know, how young he was and, you know, it's it's a tragedy. But I'm also very conscious. I think he gave an interview always alive saying he the last thing he wanted to be remembered for was for friends. He wanted to be remembered yeah. for his work. Helping in, people. Helping people with addiction. And I think in the news uh, the last few days, they've set up the Matthew Perry Foundation for, for helping people with addiction and rehabilitation and, and that sort of thing. So, you know, God, you know, rest in peace to... So Matthew Perry and absolutely you know, the, yeah. the foundation very much, you know, will, will live on with the work that that he did, particularly, you know, I think towards the last few years of his life. Yeah. It, in terms of celebrity death, that one really hit me for six. Um, yeah. Friends is an enormous part of my life, but also he as a as a figure in popular culture. Yeah, really kind of, yeah, lovely words there, Kay. Um, Mischief Knight says, uh, this podcast was voted cutest couple in the 2023 We're Listening yearbook. Good to hear from Key again. I would go to a reunion if it was cost effective. I think the last reunion my class had had about 30 people attend. That's a lot of money to fly cross country for a small turnout. I forget that in America, yeah, you're probably going to have to fly or travel a lot further than you are here. Um but there are a ton of friends I'd love to see again. My name for a chess-based barbershop quartet, The Good Knights. Oh, that's good. That's so good. Honestly, Corey's just the man. Uh, fun bits and trivia for Dial M for Martin, so obviously, which we recorded last, uh, or Steve and I recorded this week. Um, Niles' kitchen still only has the table and not the island with the sink that we'll see in Season 10, Episode 14, Daphne Does Dinner. First and only mention of the special message bowl, which seems to be a plot point for this episode by the door of 1901. And first and only mention of Martin Swordfish as it relates to having it taxidermied. Very, very good there. Um, Kia, have you got this thread up in yes, front I've of you? Yes, I've got it up for you. So I didn't realise by, <laughs> by all means read out uh, Cam Winston's there. Okay, so we've got Kia or Chaps. Um, welcome to episode 139. It's absolute freight train of a podcast. Dial M for Martin is an okay episode for me, personally, although I do tend to err on the side of better than average. I do think we needed to see an extended length of time with Martin staying at Niles' place, just to see how the storyline of the show would have gone. 
Because let's face it, Martin stay, staying with Frasier is an integral part of the whole show. And the way Niles delivers, come and join me on the balcony, brilliant. So good. Um, high school reunions, I did one a few years back. Good to see some old, some old mates again, and some haven't really changed. We didn't do the traditional meet at the school hall and have food and drinks, etc. Uh, we all went to our high school's rugby match against the rival school, then did a tour of the school and got a photo. We then went out for dinner and had some wicked stories. Um, good fun, and I still keep in touch with them now, some 22 years after my final year. Anyway, good to hear Key's soul voice back on the airwaves. I appreciate it. He's very busy with his life, but nonetheless, beautiful to hear from him. Glad I stumped him on one of the trivia on trivia two on one of the questions. Peace, and as always, up the villa. Rocking along this year. We're doing fantastically well. We are happy. doing amazingly well. Um, so lovely to hear from the hamster down under. Yeah. And thank you, everyone who wrote in this week. Lovely to hear from you as always. Um, keep the keep the comments and the is, questions coming. Is there one more possible? Oh, is that we have a um Steena Michelle, Michelle, I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Hi, Will and hi, Wilkie and Steve. I'm a new listener from Dallas and I've been loving the podcast. I started this about three months ago and I caught up. That's impressive. That's uh, yay. I really love Darlene for Martin. Found myself laughing literally out loud multiple times. I do also have a weird British question that I've never had anyone to ask before. Oh, I love these sorts of things. <laughs> So when my sister and I were in Disney World years ago, we overheard these adorable British children while we were in line. There was a little boy, the obvious leader of the group, and a few young and little girls, possibly only about five. The boy told a joke, but my sister and I didn't get it, possibly because we aren't British, or possibly because it was a little kid joke that older people don't get. Question, what do you get when a penguin goes snowboarding? Answer, ice. Do you get it? Is this a common joke in the UK? Can you explain it to an American? My sister and I tell each other the joke with terrible British accents constantly in memory of that trip. Anyway, love, love, love you guys and love the podcast from Christina. I don't... I think think that's a joke. I I think think it's a stupid kid making something up. Um, I think it's a kid sort of trying to do a joke. It doesn't really work. I think it's it's funny because... It doesn't work. I yeah, think. yeah. I, I the only thing that I can think of, I'm, I'm adamant somewhere in the back of my head, I've heard the term kind of getting iced if you kind of like wipe out in snowboarding or not even in a in a winter sport. But I could mm. be completely making that up. But I do think this is just gibberish. Yes, I think so. Gibber, As, gibberish from a an excited kid in a in a ride line. <laughs> As so many of our children here are, you know, it's just <laughs> old gibberish. Just old gibberish. We don't teach them anything over here, Christina. That's why they're telling incomprehensible jokes over in your theme parks. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much. Lovely to hear from you. Uh, keep well, this coming. Is there another one? <laughs> There's another one. Stop doing this to me, Kay. <laughs> I think is there Katie Brightsize. Uh, yes, there is. You really yeah. like Kay. Uh, yeah, great to have Kay back again. I was missing the banter, the tangents, and most importantly, of course, the Simpsons references. This was a great episode, and I have to agree that this season has some really strong, really funny opening episodes. Do I have your permission to end the episode? Yes, I think that's all. I think that's everything. (laughs) Unless Uh, we're including your comment of this week, Will and Key discuss high school This week, we... No, next week, we will be going on to First Do No Harm. Um... This is when Frasier dates. Is it Duke's daughter? Yes, Duke's, Duke's daughter, and does he? Yeah, I think then she's played by him. Terry Hatcher, I believe. Um, so Marie. Uh, so an interesting episode, oh, nevertheless. Um, so looking forward to that. I've been watching it, rewatching a bit of Desperate Housewives, actually. So, um, recently, so Terry Hatcher has been on the brain. Um, but there we go. Um, but other than that, I've been Will. I've been Kay. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. 
Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegs. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. 